Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello friends, I'm your host, Chris Thrill. I'm a former Royal Marines Commando. I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Morning all, how the devil. Today, I'm covering without any shadow of a doubt, the worst, most repellent, disturbing, race baiting I've ever seen by a mainstream, once respected organisation, worse than anything I've seen on the BBC, and that is a sewer. This week's collection of insane communist idiocy, identity politics, and general on the behalf of, without any shadow of a doubt, the worst publicly funded project since the Millennium Dome. Don't tell me there's another option because I don't want to hear about this other option. Cheers, guys. Don't forget to share because when I get up to 5,000 subs, I will be having another giveaway. You lucky See you soon. Thanks for watching. Cheers. Mr. Angry Bootneck, how the devil are you? All right, mate, how are you doing? Matt or Matt or Booty, but we are both bootnecks, so it seems like we'll get confused if we use our uh, nom de guerres. I'll be angry, Chris. You can be angry, Matt. <laughs> I'm always angry. <laughs> so before I go any further, I just want to say a massive thank you to Andy. Andy, if you're listening, big love and respect to you, brother. You sent me a message today and you said, Chris, you've got to check this guy out, the angry bootneck. <laughs> and surprisingly enough, I get a lot of messages and most of them are quite, quite good pointers, you know. So I watched um, your first video and you weren't in it. You were just like talking with, with the screen up. Yeah, when we did, at, me, at me angry desk. Yeah. And I, I just yeah. pictured this old angry maybe like 60 and just hadn't done much with his life obviously <laughs> been in the boot next but you know that doesn't necessarily mean you've you've you've, you've got a great range of experience and uh, and then the next video was actually you talking and i was like oh all right but um absolutely. yeah i'm not that old i'm not that old no i know but absolutely hilarious mate but but moreover very pertinent at the minute because someone needs to be talking sense um and can i also say i don't think i've ever met a more articulate bootneck than you really where does that come from um i don't think that's true i definitely met more articulate lads than me but i did i did after i was um grabbed for a while i got pinged to work in the store as you do and then when I was doing that, I thought, yeah, you have to pick an SQ. And I ended up doing a combat intelligence. 
And I passed all the tests for that. So I might be slightly higher IQ than the average. Maybe I am. Never thought I particularly was. But I, was, I did int for a while. So um, I've done a lot of reading, and that's how I know quite a lot about, you know, when you're in the int section, um, everyone likes to take the piss out of them and say, these guys actually know the square root of fuck all. So part of your job when you're a bootneck and you're doing that is to make sure you're sort of uh, informed. And as a, as, a, as a result, you do a ton of reading, you know, like the bear went over the mountain and when bandit country before you go to South Armagh. Like I started just reading aggressively. And uh, maybe that's why, maybe that's why amongst the crass foul language and swear words and insults, occasionally you do with quite a lengthy words, but I don't think I'm particularly articulate. I'm from fucking Middlesbrough for starters. For anyone listening or watching that wants to see what I'm on about, just just go to Matt's channel, The Angry Bootneck. This man has a way with words, like <laughs> actually probably like quite a few bootnecks, to, to be fair. But, uh, you know, it's a mixture of expletives, general liberal use of the c word which i think we need at this moment in time because the world has turned into such a bunch of pussies i actually get emailed to ask me chris i don't think you need to use the c word it's like oh we don't need to use the c word but we (laughs) need to go and bomb this country or that one and 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 Sorry. What better word is there to describe the people that are currently running the show than a massive bunch of Like, there is nothing that succinct that sums up exactly what they are. A massive, massive bunch. Could make it a bit longer. Thunder There's a slightly longer version. But they just are, aren't they? Like, when you've got, like you said, when you're bombing babies on a whim, you have to say, that, that person's a what do you want me to call them? Merely an asshole doesn't cut it. Tell this, this, Matt, tell us a bit, how did you start, what, how and why did you start your channel? Let's talk a bit about it, just so people know how we, we, we hooked up. And then we can talk a, about your military s- stuff, if that's okay. Yeah. But, um, I well, think- the, short, the short version is I haven't been doing it very long, Chris. I've only been at it about six months, I think. Um, I'm a, I think as far as um, YouTube goes, that's a relative newcomer, isn't it? Um, but now I've been doing it very long. It was literally like um, I had a slight lull in my work. I was working full time when I was when I first moved over. And I was working for an aerospace company. I was doing that for years. And then I had a slight lull when we moved from where I was living, which was in Alabama. Uh, and I used to make the joke when I was there because there's all in Alabama. It, lovely scenery, but there's nothing there. And uh, I used to say to them. No wonder Forrest Gump f- off to Vietnam and he liked it there. Because there's f- <laughs> all here. Um, so once I left there, I had a bit of a lull in my work and then I started doing it because um, I-, I did fancy doing it for about 10 years. Like I was always watching the big players on there, Paul Joseph Watson, Sargon, the ones who were on there. And I thought, I can do that. Oh, well, I do that anyway. But what I do is, because I'm very verbose, I go to pubs two or three days a week and just go apeshit at perfect <laughs> strangers. <laughs> and my wife's sitting there going, you should film this stuff. Like, you're always ranting about, you know, general <laughs> pol- politics of the day. And instead of hounding strangers in the bars, you should actually just <laughs> film it and make a channel. And then um, I got pissed off enough with all this coronavirus stuff and 
what's gone on in the last couple of years. And I just thought. Yeah, I think I'm going to quit here. This game's starting to judge my lifestyle. I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need that. Fuck it. I almost felt like a, a moral duty. Like I thought if I, can, if I can get one fucking person to pay attention to what's going on, just one, it's worth doing, isn't it? And I have had messages off more than one that have said, you know what, you've changed my mind about this. And uh, that makes me feel feel good. It's like, yeah, that's one's enough. Two's better and all the rest, come on, bring it on. It's great. Yeah. Um, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, we should say for our American brothers and sisters, boot neck, by the way, is in, in American terms, is leather neck or um, it's just it's slang for Marine. So that's, that's our connection. You, you're probably wondering, but... With respect to your channel, Matt, it, it, it's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be it's certainly going to be bigger after we've chatted. Um, but I do wonder if the fact that you're called the angry bootneck, a lot of people probably don't, you're obviously not going to pick up on that. No. I'm only saying because you should be bigger than you are now with the kind of stuff you're saying. <laughs> well, you know, to that, I'll all say is, I don't mind keeping it honest. You know, I'm not very good at marketing. I haven't done any, like, I don't do clickbait. Um, I didn't think of a name that was punchy or catchy. I just just sort of fell into it. And I thought, you know what, if people listen, I want it to feel as if people are listening for my own merit rather than because I'm really, really good at advertising or picking catchy slogans. And, uh, you know, it'll pick up, it'll kick off or it won't. I don't, uh, I don't worry about it. Um, I just feel like, yeah, it's important in this day and age. The last six months especially has proven the importance of normal citizens getting up and telling it like it is because a lot of people don't have the time to sit there perusing the fucking BBC News website. It's just been perverts like me that get some sick pleasure from reading that drivel every day. And most people are just want a bit of low, easy entertainment slash intel and they do that by watching a video for 20 minutes. And I think it needs to happen because look at things like George Floyd. I mean, that's proven that there's a massive agenda going off, isn't there? Because everyone in the entire world knows that man's name. Whereas I literally seen a story yesterday, a kid called Cannon. I don't even remember his surname. But I had to Google it because I seen it on Twitter and thought, this might be misinformation. And it's this five-year-old kid who got his head blew off like shot in the head by a blow because he like took his bike on his garden. And because the guy that murdered him is black and this kid's white, no one in the world knows his name. It's been over 48 hours and it's dead. And I think that just really proves that they're only interested in really telling you what they want you to hear. And they're not, they're not bothered about really giving you all of the stories. They just want to point you in a certain direction. And if they want you to go in that direction, they'll point it at you constantly. Mm. but uh, it's shocking going back to what we're saying mate it's it's all part of a much bigger agenda and it's a very complex agenda do you know there's actually like cycles in in everything like you know like there's cycles in fashion yeah so in 60 years from now or 100 years they'll the, the people will actually be wearing what we're wearing now and it will just like recycle sort of thing it's the same in finance. It's the same in the weather, like with the sun cycles. So we're, they're predicting in the next 100 years, we're going to start to see the beginning of another ice age or a solar low, I believe it's called. Um, and there are people out there that because they study this stuff, like to me and you, it's like, 
what the you know and we're fairly well up on stuff right but to these guys because they've studied it for they and their ancestors for, for hundreds of years it, it it just makes perfect sense you know they can just see the patterns in life by dropping in in stuff into the media again which they all own they can just control the way that society's going it's like you say where i live there i don't know if it still exists now there was a, a pub called hawkins house right i think it's a wine bar hawkins as in the biggest slave trader that ever lived in the history of mankind right <laughs> and this was a wine bar right the the local uh, motorbike shop was called um, not for girls. <laughs> right? Nice, nice not, PC name not there. For girls, right? And the the um, car shop was called Boys Toys. <laughs> Did anybody in in my city, other than me, because I actually fucking care about humanity and I care about equality and I care, you know, I've got a little boy, but if he was a girl. Do I not want her to ride a motorbike because this twat calls his shop not for girls, right? Did anyone complain? Was it on the news? Were they right? Nah, of course not. You know, it no. wasn't, it, it wasn't, it, it didn't serve the agenda at the time. But um, boy, are we seeing it now, right? Yeah, like I said, the um, I've never been a conspiracy theorist. I never have. Like, um, I always like the old, the old um, saying, you should never put something down to malice if it can be easily explained by incompetence. And I think that makes a lot of sense because, you know, there can't be as many evil bastards in the world as there appears to be. Because, you know, we, the, the, the car helps you with this stuff. It's why I've got no truck with people who are collectivist in any way. Because when you're in a massive situation like that where you get dumped in a fucking, you know, like when we invaded Iraq and they said, oh, there's going to be a hoofing camp with a bowling alley and a fucking Baskin Robbins. And then the, and you end up stuck in the middle of the fucking desert, digging a shell scrape and living in the cunt. When you're in positions like that, you're dropped in with people from every background, every class, every race, everything. And, and it sort of, it makes you against collectivism. I, I, I always take people as I find them as an individual because when you're a soldier, you do that, you mix with everybody. But I feel as if, that, that that adage works for me because I think there is a lot of evil bastards, but there can't be as many as it appears. I think a lot of it is down to like pure ignorance or stupidity. And I was talking about that yesterday, like loads of stuff happens and I'm sitting in the pub launching into another tirade at some poor terrified stranger because it's just like they haven't done basic research. Like we talked about with regards to the numbers um, from coronavirus. They haven't done basic research and said, hang on, we definitely know the coronavirus will kill X, but we also know that cancer, heart disease, no medical screening, depression, addiction, etc., will kill Y. Are you telling me that nobody did that? I mean, that, that is maths that a 10-year-old could do. You could go X number, Y number, which is the fucking smallest? <laughs> it's not rocket science. And yet it doesn't happen. So I don't think... It can't be down to just pure evil on the behalf of everybody. It must be evil bastards at the top manipulating everybody else because they're lazy. Because there's no way that like every single fucker in Parliament is just an evil bastard. But there definitely can be a massive bunch of clueless, ignorant fuckwits. 
So I prefer that uh, that explanation. I think it's evil at the very top, and then just absolute stupidity, bribery, self-interest, nepotism, cronyism underneath that. And that's why we're fucked, especially with regards to the last two there, because nepotism and cronyism. I was just making a video about um, the state legislature in California. My wife sent me it. It's like the fucking mafia. Like, and I think what this is happening even more now, and this is my theory about why we've got no quality in anything. It doesn't matter whether it's the arts even. Like, have you noticed how all the TV and movies now are absolute dog shit? Like, you'd rather watch your house fucking burn down than sit through some of this shit. And it's because every time I see something I hate, I Google it, and the fucker turns out to be, you know, mom was a director, daddy was a producer. I think we've got less work, so... The cronyism and the nepotism is funneling everyone into all the good jobs, all the arts jobs, or you're going to be a newsreader, or you're going to be a politician, or anything like that, where it pays a lot for very little work. They're all getting in there, not because of ability, but because of cronyism and nepotism. And that's my theory about why we're so bad at everything. Because the, the, the legislative branches in the United States now, California especially, it's like the fucking mafia. Fully, like they're all related, they're all best mates. You know, Newsom's the nephew of the fucking dad who was the governor. They're all fucking sucking each other off. It's like the Sopranos. <laughs> it, it's mental. And again, I'll do a video about it and then lay it out for you. It's it's mental how bent it is. And that's my theory. I think it is, as you say, there's definitely the evils at the top, and the rest of it is just down to incompetence, stupidity, ignorance, and we're fucked. Yes. What well, I, I wanted to ask you, Matt. Are you in, you're in California now, right? I am, yeah. I'm in uh, Pasadena, California. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. Is Pasadena like a, like, is that down with the kids or? Uh, no, it's, it's quite nice. I didn't move right into the downtown. We're literally like nine miles away from downtown LA. I'm just looking at my map, map here. It's not, it's not big enough to have Pasadena on it. But So if you've no. got L LA, where is it in relation to LA? It's about nine miles east of downtown LA. Oh, okay. So you and get to where... drive, you get to drive into LA and see all the, you know, the sight. Oh God, the fucking road. Let me tell you, right. You know, when I was a kid and I watched, well, you'll remember it. All the young thrusters watching one, but you remember the movie Falling Down? Yes. Where Michael Douglas. I remember watching that when I was about eleven and going, "Fucking hell, that's a daft film. That'll ne that. What's the point? That couldn't happen." And then I sat in a fucking traffic jam in LA for two hours and went about four miles and thought, fucking hell, I'm ready to machine gun a fucking McDonald's at this point. <laughs> like, you can see why that movie got made and why everyone's fucking nuts. Oh, can I just say, even to sit here in my city, which is Plymouth, I, I cannot believe society has got to the point where people, and I know it's not their fault, but it's the way society is set up. People will sit in traffic for the best part of an hour in their morning, then the best part of an hour in the evening. Okay, it depends where you live around, you know, where you commute. It's, at what point do, do we just accept that and think that that is good and that is a normal way to live? Your engine chugging away, burning fossil fuel, your brain dead because all you, you know, well, I mean, luckily you got like audio books and that, that now, but people make the most of it, right? But no, it's bad. It's bad. And the Americans, lazy bastards that they are, have perfected it because they've filled the cars with entertainment. 
Like you move to America and you're driving along and you look through your window and you see like a kid on a fucking ninja PC that's somehow strapped to the back of his dad's fucking headrest. It's a crazy place uh, because they're stuck in the car so long. They've come up with all these entertainment options for the vehicles. And I'm sorry, when there's some fucker doing 90 mile an hour in a Dodge Charger, I don't want to see the cunt with an Xbox controller in his hands. <laughs> Call me buff old traditionalist. It's a, it's a fucking mad time. I think that exactly you're onto one of many reasons why people have gone a bit nuts, though, and that will be one, right? It's, it's isolation from other people on your own for a massive amount of your time. And being a you know working class northern bloke, I think not just my military training, but my upbringing is what's immunized me against like you know mental health issues and depression and stuff. Because to me, it's like I always go out and talk to strangers and have a chat. And I think you need that human contact. And I feel like the way we do everything now, from social media and Twitter, where they're all just on Reddit and Facebook to get the endorphins from likes, instead of just going to the pub and having a chat with people for two hours. They even do it in cars. They do it in work where they have these little cubicles everywhere instead of having an open plan. It's like we live in isolation now. Nobody talks to the neighbours. Nobody. No, there's no human contact. And even down to little things like Tinder, it's too easy to get fucking conquer deep nowadays, isn't it? They don't have to put any effort in at all. And even that is good for your brain. Like you're getting the same itch scratched when you're getting, when you're getting shagged. But you're not really, because deep down at the back of your little monkey brain there, there's some part of you that wants a bit of human connection and, and a bit of a chat and a bit of an emotional experience with someone. And they don't even do that now. It's just, oh, look, random stranger with a fanny like a burst mattress. Whip, shagging her 10 minutes later, back in your house, back on Tinder, or back on uh, Reddit. And there's no human contact. No wonder everyone's gone fucking mental. We've got, like, depression, anxiety, it's through the roof and people are asking why. Well, I can tell you why, and I haven't got a fucking PhD. It baffles me. Yeah. Went to my mate's farm uh, for four days, right? And he, he loves my little boy, right? And he just says, Chris, your kid is the only one that comes here and just gets hands-on with everything. The tractor... You know, the, the axes and machetes, five years old, he can wield a, a machete better than most most blokes these days, to be honest. <laughs> and um, he sees the only kid that comes here, Chris, that's, that doesn't just sit there on a tablet, monged out, not not talking to, you know, to anyone, let alone, let alone adults. And We know that's bad, don't we? I remember reading a piece a couple of years back that said, like, all the top tech gurus, their kids are banned. They don't, Zucker twat doesn't let the kids use Facebook. He's like, you're banned till you're 18, but we do. And now you just see, yeah, little, little fat kids who are like, you know, 14 stone when they're seven, just on a tablet, don't even look up, neck like a fucking shin bone, because all they do is look at a bastard tablet all day. It's crazy to me. We know all of this stuff. We know the science. We know the kids need to be out running around, drinking out the hose pipes and fucking jumping over the back. We know this. And because it's easy, people just go, fuck it. There's your tablet. I'll see you in eight years, you little fat fucker. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Irresponsible parenting as well, isn't it? It is, but, you know, human beings, man. I mean, I've been around 50 years, and I hate to alarm people, but they were fucking shit when I was a kid. They just were most adults were fucking useless. And 
and uh, okay, we're not all good at certain things, and I'm, I've certainly got my share of folks, but um, it ah. Uh, you can tell me some st stories from the good old days. Uh, I'll tell you one, right, Mike. We, we had this cousin, and he was a good guy. He was a really good, good. He was a what you call a man's man. You know, he didn't fuck around, didn't give a shit. We so he'd bring his family down in the summer, and he was like my dad's age, and we'd play with his kids. And like you'd go to the beach back then, they would just let us go out for the day with a with a rubber dinghy into the sea. Right? Yeah. Right. No yeah. parent came to watch you. We'd all just pile in this rubber dinghy. Luckily, we weren't blown out to sea. I'm, I'm not saying that was particularly responsible, but here's the thing. It, it just. I like blokes that don't give a fuck. And I just do. I, 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 I don't know if you call it being a man's man, but it's just. For a start, he, he just on the beach, kit off. Right. None of this like going to hide behind a town in case somebody sees I've got a winky like every other single man in the whole world right yeah and um so he'd be getting changed out of his conger out and um, and then later in the day oh that that was right that the ice cream van came by like it did with its finger and ding a ling a ling <laughs> playing in that playing the tune and the ice cream van got stuck like right in front of us and Mike just gets up starts heading towards it to help the drive you know help push the driver out and he just turns around to all these fucking fat freddies on the beach sat there you know never done a day's exercise in their life the hanky knotted on their head and he's like well come on then and suddenly all these blokes that you know I can't really explain it, but, you know, have no sense of community or like doing stuff in teamwork or anything like going, oh, oh, Betty, I, I better go and help. Oh, oh. And they all thinking they're these fucking hard men now because they're going to push this. Like, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I got on that little track, but <laughs> People are useless, and they're getting more and more useless. More uh, and more useless. And I think more, that. I, remember the film Wally? So remember again. that? Remember the film Wally? You ever watch that? I think I did, but remind me. The Disney one with a little robot cleans up uh, all the Wally, trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just fat knackers who sit on a like a giant ship and just you know virtual everything virtual. I, I think that was that's going to be prophetic because. Again, all this is well known, right? Where we've got entertainment in cars, entertainment everywhere, doing everything via Zoom or Skype, VR shit. It's going to be like, seriously, everyone in 40 years' time is going to look like fucking Diane Abbott's ass, like just a, a, a puss's sleeping bag filled with fucking jelly. So everyone's just going to be a, a slug because <laughs> we're just taking ourselves out of anything physical. We're going to have robots to fucking chop logs and put up walls. We're just going to be a, gi a giant fucking whole, the fattest planet in the cosmos. It's just going to be cholesterol and misery in 50 years' time. And as you say, it's, uh, it's embarrassing because this stuff is well known and we know what we need to do to fix it, but we're not willing to do it. Um, 
because it's human nature, isn't it? Again, our, our, our lowly evolution is going to undo us. And, you know, we talked about reading earlier. Uh, when I was a young lad and I got really into atheism because I loved arguing with, like, you know, Baptists and stuff. And I read a lot of Richard Dawkins' books. And um, it's basically our lowly origins that are killing us now because when you were evolving and you went hundreds of thousands of years with no food, everything was scarce. So we evolved to go, fucking hell, as soon as we find something to eat, sit there and trough the fucking lot. <laughs> and to this day, right, he read it in his book, he says, like, monkeys will kill each other for honey. If, like, tribes of monkeys find a beehive and they start eating it, they will murder each other for it because it's so valuable to them. And now, fast forward to now, we've still got the instinct in us that is, you found a big box of donuts, eat the fucking things, it's not in us to ignore the donuts and go and run up a big fucking hill. Uh, and, and it's going to kill us because we aren't motivated. You have to do the opposite of what your body... It's worse than that, you. You've got these five stone overweight, grossly obese donut eaters that, that never been to a gym in their lives. Never. Never, never taking five minutes to study, like, diet because they're too busy watching Sky News and filling their head with utter shit, right? Watching never, the never, off. never travel to a, you know, a, a, an interesting location in their life other than fucking Benidorm on a lad's holiday. Mm. And what do they say? I've got to wear this fucking oh. idiotic yeah. fucking thing to protect their health. Oh. <laughs> Uh, again, and, no, we can't talk about it too much because you'll end up getting banned. Well, you know, it, let you descend. I, I think I'm allowed to say, you know, how I live my life. And uh, anyone who knows my channel knows I set an example for my son. And that's a, a fucking warrior, you know, because I think we need a few in this planet. Because it, it literally is even the people I used to admire and I used to look up to. We're talking commandos now. You know, some of them are, you'd call them war heroes. And they're posting pictures on Facebook, wearing, thinking they're clever. Yeah. Not understanding. This is, this is the nail in the coffin for the youth. Do it, you know, not being able to rationalize and employ, I don't want to say, you know, science, because science is fallible in itself, but. There is a reason human beings have lasted a million years or whatever it is. It's because we're pretty made of pretty strong stuff. Mm. And we, we work in a specific way, Matt. Do you know what I mean? And it's called evolution and we're pretty good at it. And we don't need, you know, greedy, sociopathic little men with, with narcissistic and identity complexes who, who know nothing in life other than how much money they can make for their shareholders telling us that we need to do this to our body or we need to you know otherwise when otherwise we're, we're the weakest link it's no no mate you're the weakest link it's just everyone out there are either too uneducated or they're too cowardly to point to point it out and um yeah, I think I think ultimately, right, um, your body and your brain, they're, they're the same, aren't they? You need to stress things to make them better. And if you don't work your biceps, they get weak. Lifting shit, that's sort of hard work, that. 
You know, the monkey goes, fuck this, this is shit. Let's just go and eat some Twinkies. But you do it and it makes it stronger. And I feel like your brain's the exact same. Your brain and your body need to be stressed. And if you're just comfortable all the time, it's fucking bad for your health. This is why, again, old school blokes like you, you know this, even if you've never read it in a, you know, a child psychology book, you know it deep down because you're not a fucking idiot. And it's spoiling a child is the worst thing you can do for them. Again, they knew it. My nana used to say, oh, yeah, you know, um, killing them with kindness. Do you remember that when there was a, about 10 years ago, there was a proper little fat Geordie kid. And I remember the story because my dad sent me a text message and uh, it was national news because his parents were going to lose the child. The state stepped in and said, he is such a little fucking roly-poly butterball, this fucking 10-year-old. We're going to take him off you for his own good. And everyone started getting, it just sparked a big civil liberties debate. And um, my dad sent me a text and said, he asked that fat Geordie what his favourite lesson was at school. He said, music. They said, what's your favourite instrument? The fat cunt said, the dinner bell. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's an interesting thing, right? And when that happened, my nana said to me, killing them with kindness. It's because they're weak themselves, right? Because no parent wants to upset the child. That little monkey part of your brain says, protect it at all costs. And maybe, like you say, you always blame the parents. Sort of is our fault as well, isn't it? We don't have the mental fortitude to steal ourselves and say, I'm going to force myself to be momentarily cruel to this child because in the long run, it will be good for it. And, and it is, it's your brain and your body in tandem. You need to work them. You need to stress them and make them do things they're not comfortable with. And that's what is good for a kid. And this idea that you should protect them. Again, I've read two of Jordan Peterson's books. And he's a professional, and that's exactly what it is. It's, no, don't ever say that. You should never say, I just want to protect my children. It's not your job to protect them. It is in the way that you want to stop them from dying. But your real job with a kid is to toughen them up. It's to toughen them up and prepare you for life without you. That's your fucking job. If you just protect them, mollycoddle them constantly, they will be fucking useless at everything because you did everything for them. Again, this this isn't difficult stuff. Why don't people apply this knowledge which is known by every grandparent in the british isles they know this but they don't apply yeah, it. what do we know about eating a bit of dirt and you know not it, it it it's what we evolve doing it makes you stronger it makes you impervious to illness and um again goes just counter to everything you see in the media at at, at the minute um I was going to talk about alkaline diet, but anyone who's been on a subscriber on my channel has heard me say it enough times. I think you're talking about folks, it. It's just, folks, it's really simple. Keep your body alkaline. In my experience, you will never get sick, and that solves the problem for everybody, does it not? I don't know much about it, to be honest, Chris. Oh, uh, well, mate, do, do, do a bit of... Um, I, w- I would say type it into a search engine. The trouble is... These people that control our diet are so powerful. These um, lobbyists and people for the meat industry and the dairy industry. Uh, All the people that have had free reign to just brainwash us and poison us for, for the last God knows how many years. They're so powerful. They get people to write articles in kind of like scholarly terms that if you're uninitiated, you'd go, Oh, this guy, this guy, he's a, he's got a PhD. He, he, 
you know, they don't realize, no, this guy is probably a cowardly idiot that's been brainwashed through the university system that is now a puppet for the, you know, this particular industry that that needs to pay his mortgage like everybody else and hasn't got the balls to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to write that, that will just write these articles. And the reason I'm saying that is, is I don't, I don't know how you find out about the alkaline diet. Cause if you Google it, you're going to get loads of people going, no, it's <laughs> it kills a load of shit. Well, I'm just telling you, it's not folks. It's just, it's, it's um, pure common sense, but anyone wants to find out more, read, just read pH miracle by Dr. Robert Young. Like I, I will say, look into it. Like I said, um, every year of age, I'm turning more and more into a conspiracy theorist because, uh, you know, I always scorn my dad when he's loved all that shit for years. And I'm always like, you know, no, nah, I don't think. Because, again, one thing I do always say to people that are mega into conspiracy theories, like my mate John Witt, he loves the moon landing one. I always tell him, like, Occam's razor does seem to work, right? If there's multiple explanations for something, the simplest one is usually true. And I've always went with that because it's like our fucking leads are grossly incompetent and stupid. So if it's really complicated and difficult to achieve, they're not going to be able to do it. They're going to fuck it up. That was always my theory. But now, like you're saying, the world we're living in where you've got, as we talked about, media conspiracies, where they are literally just telling you about what you want to know. Like if, they do, if I get shot in the head by some lunatics who break into my house, if they don't want anyone to know about it, nobody will know about it. Like it'll literally be my immediate family and nobody else. And then if George Floyd gets killed and the one everyone to know about it, it's all you fucking see for a week. So you've got random fucking Scottish tribesmen in the outer Hebrides. <laughs> we haven't got tribesmen, I'm taking the piss, but mm-hmm. uh, who know about it? Who know this guy's face? <laughs> and he's literally a career criminal who got shot in a foreign country 3,000 miles away. And you're getting protests in fucking Denmark. Like, it is crazy. So I have evolved with it and I'm sort of thinking, yeah, maybe there's definitely a narrative. And I think, not going down the rabbit hole, but I think globalism is definitely a thing. Like, they obviously wanted Hillary Clinton and all these big world leaders, Tony Blair, they've all been caught on mic saying mad shit about it because they just want order. And this is where people like me and you, this is why I think so, uh, Trump won, because I think you've managed to build a coalition of people that normally would disagree on all kinds of things. And a good example is proper far-out conspiracy theorists, of which I'm not one. And now I'm starting to agree with them on things because I'm going, you know what? If you're going to force me to pick between these fucking globalist maniacs who want to collapse all the borders and have Scotland look identical to fucking China, look identical to Iran, it's not about bigotry or anything. It's about preserving, which is why I'm a conservative, how it was. like, um, And again, even on that rabbit hole, I'm sure I'll disagree with you and lots of other people about individual policies and stuff but the point is uh, you've got a very simple question to answer now and it's are you a full-blown globalist or aren't you and you can agree and disagree about loads of things but still be like no i'm not and that's the way i am now it's like excuse me five years ago honestly when i first came to the states never ever dreamed of ever voting republican never like i was an atheist i was always considering myself liberal allowing people to do their own thing and I sort of fell down that rabbit hole of listening to the media where they're saying they're all xenophobes, they're all anti, you know, they're all homophobic they're all racist, so I was like no, no, I don't agree with these guys and now I'm looking at the point where it's like the choices people that I don't seem to like, like the Baptist preachers and the right wing conservatives in America who I wouldn't normally side with are a bunch of people who are, who are full blown 
identitarian like it's like a form of like neo-marxism slash communism where everyone is just pigeonholed into a box globalist bullshit everyone should be all the same every country should look all the same and we can all just keep buying shit and be big fat slugs living in fucking tubes like that seems to be the direction they want to take the world in and i'm sitting here going i can disagree with trump you know 50 percent of the time but i'm still going to regretfully lend him my vote over these fucking nutters who are just obsessed with what you put your cock in or what you happen to look like and and i don't understand how they can still call themselves liberal the mad shit kamala harris and joe biden have been saying lately it's like i'm fucking liberal i don't look at anyone and think i know anything about them by what they look like but they do they seem to think black people are like fucking autonomous or automatons, like fucking androids. And uh, I beg to differ because just last week we walked past some militant black bloke in the street who had like a Trump hat on and a big American flag. He was like marching down the street, giving it fucking hell for leather with his flag. And I was laughing my ass off thinking like, well, you don't see that every day. But you do. There's black people are like everybody else. They've got their own fucking individual opinions. And if you're going to make me pick between these fucking lunatics who just seem to want to have one giant shit country <laughs> and everybody else. I don't care what their individual issues are. I'll side with everybody else every time. And, and I don't understand how that's a controversial opinion that you want to allow people to make the free choices that they do, even if you disagree with them. Right. I'm not interested in sucking blokes off, but if you are crack on, unless I wake up in the, unless I wake up in the middle of the night and you're standing above me with your balls out, I don't care what you fucking get up to on your own, on your own dime. But the, these people are just fucking crazy. The, the, like I said, I want Scotland to look like Scotland. And I want China to look like China. I used to love Japan. I went over there a lot when I was in the car. Um, wonderful place. It will be extremely depressing if when I'm old and grey, I go to Japan and it looks identical to Paris, to Rome, to Edinburgh, to New York. The diversity. I'm the fucker that likes diversity. They don't like I want to go to fucking Scotland and I want it to look like Braveheart. <laughs> I want every fucker wearing a kilt. Yeah. In their cabers and eating porridge oats. Yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> so I, I like Scotland to be how I always remember it. Yes. Very fat women with skinny monsters, ginger men. <laughs> monsters swimming in the lakes. Yeah. Mate, you're absolutely yeah. right. But, you know, I, I know I keep saying it. There is a massive conspiracy in the world. There is a massive agenda. It's called order out of chaos. This this ridiculous uh, immigration everywhere, right? Un un uh, un. I don't know what the word is when you stem something, but let's just call it unstemmed immigration under the guise of uh, um, uh, uh, asylum, possibly. And I, and and I, I'm not. I've got obviously no beef with anyone who genuinely is seeking asylum, which I would if I was persecuted in this country. Nothing to do with that. And this is nothing to do with it. It's called order out of chaos. It's an old game plan. They want to destroy you. They want to destroy your identity. They want a bunch of non-thinking, Xbox-playing twats that get that get throw hissy fits when they see anything that they disagree with on Twitter. You know, it's the worst website uh, in the world. They isn't want it, Twitter. Uh, they want a whole society that lives in fear and and division. 
because if you've got that, then it's very easy to control. And, and you've also got a nation, a, a, a nation, a, you know, a world full of unhappy people. What do unhappy people do under capitalism? They spend because they think it's going to make them happier. They yeah. buy stuff. Where do you think that money goes? It ain't going into your pocket, you know. They want us fucking depressed. No wonder everyone's depressed. They want us fucking depressed. Keep going on Facebook for 10 hours a day. Shove your finger firmly up your fucking hoop and just sit there buying shit off Amazon and thinking you're socialising by sitting on a computer and pressing buttons. And Exactly what we talked about earlier. You need to go to the pub, sit across from someone. That's why we've got to get rid of the masks and have people chat and get on with each other. And the idea that we can just replace it all with technology is no wonder everyone's topping themselves left, right, and centre. Because a blind man could see it coming. Can you imagine if you're a young person listening down, watching now, listen to this, you know, you're talking Mm. to two guys here, actually, whether you agree with the military or, or, or these wars or whatever, and everyone knows my feelings on it, but regardless, we've got out there and smashed it, you know, we've gone and we've met people in uh, in foreign foreign lands we've we've done adventure sports we've thrown ourselves out of airplane we've fired guns we've we've eaten stuff you're probably not supposed to eat and you know eating uh, things that make a billy goat puke well i was thinking of eating things that come out of other people's bodies but (laughs) (laughs) that's um you know what you're talking about there that That, would get banned banned on youtube (laughs) Well, I don't fucking, I don't want to go there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what, you, what we're talking about there, though, is it's right, isn't it? I think that um, doing something like we talked about earlier, where you mix, force to mix with people, it's good for your head. And as we were saying about how it's, you need to work your brain and your body. Like, for example, my wife, very, very um, timid, shall we say. We, uh, we get on really well. Whenever people meet us, it's quite funny because she's a Yank and I'm British. And the first thing Brits Pitt says and Americans all fat and loud. It's like you two have swapped fucking jobs because you're fat and loud and she's fucking skinny and quiet. <laughs> That's us. But um, it's she enjoys socialising. And one thing she's always liked about me is that's why we get on. Like, I talk a lot. She's pretty quiet. She loves to go to the pub in England and talk to the old blokes. And it brings her out of a shell and it's good for her. It's like you need social contact. You might not think you do, but you definitely do. And, and, and like I said, if you're watching this, and you just haven't actually physically talked to someone for a week, get yourself out. Even if you just go to the park, talk to somebody, because it needs, it needs to happen. And that's, I firmly believe that's why we're in the state we're in. The statistics for suicide have just gone up every oh, single year. Of the last was, 20. Matt, that was the thing I was saying for our young people. By the way, I should just clarify, our King's Squad pass out dinner or piss up what uh, Alan Dillon tried to down we had this cheap i think we're drinking drinking lambrino or some cheap we didn't really know what wine was so we just got all this lambrino <laughs> right and we're neck we, of course we're drinking it by the pint alan just threw up in his pint glass and went oh <laughs> and he he necked half of it and then and then just passed it around the rest of the troop and um Irregardless of what you think about drinking other other people's puke, it's <laughs> better than it's better than getting to fifty years old and realizing that that's all you've done all your life. 
And it, you yeah, can... I don't think you get many fans of it, many advocates of spew drinking. <laughs> I'm not. But, um, no, you, you are right in the fact that even that, right? And you know, I I've, everyone's got funny dits about shit like that, drinking piss and acting like a fucking barbarian. But it's socialising and it's it's bonding in a way that humans have done for hundreds of thousands of years. And like I said to you, you can't fight evolution. You can't live and exist and evolve from where we came from for thousands and thousands of years and then suddenly get to like 1997 when the internet starts rolling out and just change it over the course of 10 years. Like it's unnatural for humans to live in fucking tubes and talk on computers. And, you know, they're even talking about now having a baby where you can like, I don't know, spunk on a little fucking rock in your cellar and then your missus squats on it and then you put it in a little fucking pod and you leave it there for nine months, and you come back and the little twat's ready for action. It's like the mother needs to bond with the kid. Like, it's an annoying inconvenience being pregnant. I'm not saying it wouldn't be shit, but you do it because it's human nature. It's where we've come from. A mother is meant to carry a child. Don't tell me to just jizz on a brick, come back in nine months and have a kid. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, but... All of it's ridiculous, isn't it? Everything they come out with, they make it under the guise that it's going to make life better or this or that. Always. Convenience. Ow. Always. Matt, listen, we could slag the world off forever. Um, And I'm sure we will do some more of it. But can we chat about your time in, 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 in the Marines? Because you... What you had five combat tours, five operational tours is what I'd say because I, I went to Sierra Leone. Well, that wasn't on an op, that wasn't off Barris. I was still a nod when that was going off, I think that was 2000. Um, I joined in November '99, and um, yeah, I deployed five times on ops. I went to Northern Ireland with 4 2, so that was what 2001, and then I went uh, initial invasion of Iraq with 4 2. Um, and then I did my ink course and then I went to 40 commando and then I did Iraq again, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. So there's my five. So I deployed five times. Yeah. I did, uh, two Iraqs, two Ghanas and a Northern Ireland. You went through Limston 10, year, 10, 11 years after me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Were they you still- did it back when everyone was fucking rock. You know, we're saying how everyone gets weaker every decade. I, I love that. Um, did you see that program on YouTube with all the MLs going through the uh, ML2s back in the day? Have you ever seen uh, that? Behind the lines. Yeah, fucking great show. I loved watching it. Anyone who's been through Limson watches that with a fucking boner because yeah. it's just class. Warriors, fuck. That was when they were all baggy-faced, mustached fucking animals. And uh, even I watched that thinking, that's tougher than the shit I did. Like, I remember when I joined up in 99, I remember the corporal telling me, um, that just changed Final X, uh, not Final X, Survival X, and made it like 48 hours instead of a full week. I think when you guys did it, it was like a full week. So, and, and he told us, like, you can go a few days. It's not really Survival X, because you can always go 72 hours without having a meal. But when it gets after that, you literally need to eat something, or you start getting savage stomach cramps. And, you know, we've gone through it in later years. It's savage going that long without food. So when I did it, it was like... Just basically try not to eat anything. Eat a few insects by swallowing them all with a bit of water. You know, eat a bit of rabbit. It wasn't like when they did it in the 60s and the 70s, it was literally fucking, you're eating rats and squirrels for fucking five days. 
Uh, so you, that was um, hardcore. Do they still do the rabbit thing? I, I, I'm, I'm guessing in this modern PC age, you can't go like karate chopping a rabbit and killing it and then eating it. Well, they did in 99, 2000. I don't know about now. I mean, fucking hell, I'm getting old now, aren't I? You're looking at 20 fucking year ago. Um, I'll tell you a funny bit about that. One of my mates, Greg, when we were doing that, he, um, you know, the teacher to do it properly where you hold the rabbit upside down and you stroke it so it's nice and relaxed and then you just go, and it's dead. Greg was stroking his rabbit and he was like, oh, you lads know fuck all, man, watch this. You have to get it nice and relaxed. And he was like singing it a little song and we were all laughing. And then he turned around and then he turned around. Rabbits are actually quite clever. You know, they've got visual cues with a brain. He turned around and the rabbit was literally looking at its fucking oppos, getting their head smashed in slightly across the clearing, right? So he's soothing it going, nah, 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 nah. and then it was like, fuck, and it started going mental. And he was like, oh, and he panics. And he's just sort of going, <laughs> like giving this rabbit like right hooks. And he killed it with about nine punches to the face. <laughs> and he's just got this mangled lump of meat in his hands. And it was just funny to me because he was bragging about how he was going to do it the uh, professional way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For all the softies watching, we are not laughing at the, the poor rabbit. I didn't even fucking think we had to kill. I thought it was stupid, to be honest. <laughs> my, my bivvy partner, or my, I say bivvy, we slept under a branch. <laughs> Everyone else, everyone else found caves, and they're in there like, like bloody Neanderthals with a nice little fire, right? Me and my friend slept under a log. <laughs> and, um, when it comes to killing a rabbit, he was like, "Oh, do it!" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, dig out, you know, dig out, mate. If you, if you, if that makes you feel like a man, you 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 go and do that. I I, I, I don't I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they do it now. You would assume still. They have some standards. I have, I have, um, you know, when you'll be the same, you do get messages or bootnecks when you're in the social sphere. I have had messages. I had a guy uh, who's a PTI down there who shall remain nameless, you know, my unknown sources. I've got loads in the Met, which is where I get some dits from about the police. And um, he was telling me, like, they're actually getting embarrassed now, though, because they keep cutting standards because the, the, the high-ranking officers are like, we need this many people, make sure it happens. And they have slowly trying to wait the standards. And he told me that there actually have lads going on um, selection or on command courses. And you're getting like pongos basically saying, fucking hell, they're not up to scratch. And I was like, that shit wouldn't have happened, would it, 20 fucking year ago? Like, No, we, we, we went there for our 30th uh, anniversary reunion. So 30 years from, from joining up, obviously, in 88. And and I, I, I'm again. Anyone listening, especially any bootnecks, I don't judge anyone. I don't really give a shit to be honest. Um, but it, it, it's, it was funny that they were doing like their fireman's carry on the bottom field, dropping their partner, you know, at the finish line, and then oh, giving each other a, you know, this was all of them. All, all, really, all, really, all having a good hug, and 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 then the PTI's like. Guys, don't forget to drink your water. Oh, and they've all got water break. Fuck. We didn't have any of that that uh. that stuff. And I'm not saying that we were any tougher. I, I don't mean it like that. I'm just making observations that it was it it did it it was just different, you know. Now listen, at the end of the day, all the old sweats do it, they've always done it. 
always, you know, I remember in my like fourth deployment, the sergeant major was giving a chuck up with the young lads and he was saying, oh, we all take the piss out of you lads, but you do. It's always happened. But the simple fact of the matter is, it has to happen because we've got more and more, um, life is more precious to us. This is what concerns me about the next major conflict because the Chinese, where you've got literally billions of them, you can see in their culture and their way of life, they just don't quite value life in the same way that we do in Northern Europe where people don't have many kids because they're just like, there's hardly any people. So you really value them. Again, human nature. Back in the day when we all had fucking 13 kids because four of them had died in childbirth. It's like you really eh, get out and do what you fucking like. Now we only have one or two kids and you're doing it a lot later in your life. Like, for example, when you and me, my mom and dad had a kid when they're like 22. And when you're 22, you still want to be going out on the piss every fucking night. So the kid's just left to fend for himself. Now you're having them later. People are having kids in the 30s and they're only having one or two. So it's precious as fuck. And then you get like, when I joined up, just to give you an example, my training team, Cotter Wild Goose, Matt Wild Goose, I've seen him on, on, out and about on Facebook. I know, man. Then. Yeah. He took me through as a nod and he told me like, um, their last troop was when that lad drowned in a crazy, is it Crazy Whirlpool? The, the Crazy Whirlpool, the, the pool on Dartmoor. He drowned. So that must have been 98. What? And then how, when I, how did that happen? They were doing a river crossing and he hadn't properly waterproofed his Bergen. And back in the day, he didn't tie onto anything. So he sank like a stone and he, and he, he drowned. And then their next troop through training was me. And then I joined up in the 8th of November, 1999. And six weeks later, that's when that lad, Nathan, got shot in the head by accident. Um, did you hear about that one? No, was that at Limston? Yep, he was, uh, I know, because my mate Jack, who's an Irish lad who was in the troop. So that was about six or seven weeks um, after I joined up, I think. And uh, he got shot in the head when they were out on exercise. And uh, that was because they didn't have the yellow BFAs and the yellow magazines. And they meant to just scare them up, you know, first thing in the morning to do a crash move. And the fire burst into the harbour area and hit this poor bastard in the head and killed him. But the point I'm getting at is that's in like a very short period of time, like two years, we had two deaths in training. So it was my troop before I joined up and then the troop while I was in training. It's two dead kids. And, and whether or not you, I'm not trying to slag anybody off, but ultimately life's very precious to us now. And it's like, you can't have deaths in training and not have some action be taken on the part of the state. Mm -hmm. So by definition, they have to change training, i.e. fucking hell, one year, didn't we lose three lads doing SF selection a few years back on Penny Fat because it was too hot? Yeah, Stuff yeah. like that happens. And when people die in training in this day and age, it's not like fucking hell in the 50s where we used to laugh on Puzzle Palace on the walls and there's pictures of graves and it's like, this idiot didn't, he skylined himself on exercise and stuff. Now we won't have that shit. So people die in training. And now it's like, no, not happening. So of course they've had the water training down. Because if some fucker dies of heat stroke in 2020, that's national attention and just everyone's outraged by it. Yeah. So now they stop and tell them to make sure they have a water bottle. They don't do what they said to you. You go, Corporal, I'm thirsty. You'd go, crawl through the nettles for now, you little cunt. <laughs> it's a different era. So it does sound like you're just an old sweat swinging a lantern. But of course it's going to get a little bit easier. We're just not. It's, I'm, I'm highlighting the Marines because obviously I was, we visited Limpson for our reunion. I, I am obviously talking about the whole of the forces here before all my paramates start to give me shit. It's like, it's you, it's you guys as well, right? <laughs> um, 
but let's um, give credit where credit's due. These boys and girls have still got to go in the same fucking theatre of war, right? Where the savage, savage enemy who doesn't he doesn't give a shit about bloody water bottles or hugging, you know what I mean? And, and Well, in that respect, I think it's not incorrect to say that it's more difficult. And that's controversial. But I, you know, I talked to my granddad about it before he died when I was in, you know, and, um, you know, he'd, he'd meet me halfway on that. Like, at the end of the day, it was brutal in World War II. But you had a very clear line in the sand. It was, there's fucking Juno Beach. These are the good guys. They're the fuckers with the skulls all over the uniform. I mean, they even give us a fucking clue. There was skulls everywhere. There's the fuckers with the leather and the skulls. They're the bad guys. Now, how hard is it? I mean, it is difficult. For example, when we invaded Iraq and I was part of that initial invasion, it was literally like kinetic operations flying in in the middle of the night to take the gosps. And then 12 hours later, you've got a helmet off, bury on. And you've got to walk around the town being nice to all the kids and the locals. And it's, that's a difficult job to do. You've sort of got to be able to switch it on and off like a tap. And, uh, you know, people like Alexander Blackman fall afoul of it because the poor bastards there fighting a war against a pitiless enemy that behead people and string body parts up around the fop. Mm. And then he's still expected to behave like a fucking officer and a gentleman with a white suit on in a courtroom. And that's a hard job to do. The worst thing about that scenario was he was so, regardless of what he thought you did, which, let's be honest, was you know, to do it and then have someone film film it. And I know that wasn't his choice, but no. that that I think for a lot of us, that wasn't the issue because that wasn't exactly like the cleverest of fucking things to do. The no, issue was I... the issue was the cowardly command that without any defense of their man just hung him out to dry when people like Tony Blair were walking the street scot-free as a war criminal. It, that, that was Despicable. the thing I think that... I just made a video about it, so I'm not going to go into a tirade, but you can check out. I've made a video called Let's Talk About War, and it was yeah, all about that. Shit. Yeah, because the, the thing that really, really, shit. really, really made me sick about that. <laughs> all right. I thought you meant yeah, my video was really shit. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> compared to my videos, it was... Um, <laughs> no, mate, all, all, all your... To anyone watching, go, go and watch some of Matt, Matt's stuff because it, it's um, yes, it's quite <laughs> addictive. All I'll say on that is, like I said, it, again, if the average man in the pub knows it's wrong, it's wrong. They can use all the greasy lawyers and the weasel words and the EU human rights bullshit all they want. If the man in the, you trust the man in the street. That's why Brexit had to happen. It's why every, just trust the people. And 99% of people saw that and went, yeah, he was out of order but it's not murder. It's manslaughter at worst. And like I said in my video, there's a massive number of extenuating circumstances there that any normal person would agree with. Any 99% of them would go, yeah, but he was in a war and the man shot at them first and he was a fighter and a killer and he's dealt with the deaths of seven of his men and his body parts, like there's loads of... So nobody, even me, wasn't saying, he did fuck all wrong, kill them all. Like nobody was saying that. What he was saying was a fucking child could see that there's circumstances there where that's not first-degree murder. Like I said in my video, if I caught a bloke shagging my wife and I caved his fucking head in with my, with my hammer because I'm a plumber, you wouldn't get 25 years for that. You'd probably do about 10 because they'd be like, oh, there's all these circumstances. To try the man for first-degree murder like they did, the head shed in the Royal Navy and the fucking British Army, those motherfuckers 
knew what they did was wrong. That everybody knew it was wrong. The second I read first degree murder, it was like, I thought he'd killed a civilian. And when you read it, I was like, manslaughter. Everybody said it. And then after five fucking years of fucking the poor bastard around and all these legal, this, this farce, this legal circus, finally he gets what he should have got in the first place, which is a slap wrist, three or four years in the nick, and then you let him out. It sets an example. All the military know they can't go around acting like yahoos, but he doesn't deserve to be getting done for murder. And, and again, we all know this. We knew it at the beginning. So it was just a farce. It, it really did sicken me that. It was just weird, the word. Again, it, it's this weird agenda, isn't it? That, that just... Oh, I, I'm, 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 lo- I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost for words, mate. It, it, what I mean is, is it's ju- it was just irrational. They suddenly, you know, had this guy and they hit him with the top, Top thing, yeah. Wow. You know the top anyway. crime. Ah, it makes no sense. Does it? Which again sends you down the conspiracy roads. It's like they must have known. Every lawyer that sees that goes, "That's not murder." Yeah, for X, Y, and Z reasons. But they've, they're just not murder. It's like it does. It makes you think. What's the big grand game here? But it, the point I'm getting to is almost like, let's just say right that we owe the Afghanistan government. a a huge favour, I don't know, some freaking oil deal or something, right? But off the back of it, they wanted a British, a British squaddy done, you know, done for a war crime. It, if, if that was all going on behind, then it would make sense why, why they did what they did to him. But obviously, to our knowledge, that didn't go on. It, it just seemed really, I mean, you know, Punish someone if punishment's due. Yet, yeah, fair enough. But to, to to go after him with the highest possible charge and dismiss all the the um, mitigating circumstances, it 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 just well, it just seemed like a witch hunt, didn't it? Boggles your mind. And it's always the same with me. It's a matter of principle. Like I left. Long story with regards to my career. A long story short is. When you've got past, what, eight years, you're looking at doing a career. And I didn't. I ended up leaving after, like, nearly 10. And a lot of people say, that's weird. Why didn't you do 12? Or why didn't you stop? Because I love the job. You don't deploy five times. I'm not one of these guys who, like, deployed once and then left after four. I did the minimum. I liked the job. I enjoyed it. But every tour I did, I really did feel like the government cared more about the enemy than us. And on my last tour in Kajaki, uh, and, I, and I don't want to start at a war crimes tribunal, but this is the God's honest truth. Like our OC at Delta Company, it was basically told me, um, this is agenda, I swear down, by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll put my money where my mouth is. Anyone can question me on it. We were doing advanced to contact patrols. There was no civilians in the area at all. All the towns were empty, deserted. We were doing advanced to contact patrols and the lads on the peaks were securing the ground as best they could by letting relay intel whenever you've seen anyone digging, digging in mines, digging in IEDs, and shooting the bastards if they had the opportunity. So we had snipers and indirect fire and javelin and all sorts of shit all on the peaks. And if they spotted someone at three o'clock in the morning digging fucking explosives in, they used to twat them. And all of a sudden they came down from the top, not allowed to do that anymore, too aggressive, you might kill a civilian. And my OC, was, I was there in the ops room when he's on the phone arguing, and he said, they're not digging for carrots. 
it's three o'clock in the morning and there's no civilians around here because there's so much fighting going on. And they said, no, no, you're not allowed to do it anymore. Just fire a warning shot. And then we had the lads on the peak saying, fucking hell, Matty, like, I swear down, we're telling you as many grid references as we can so you can plot them all on the big fucking map in the ops room. But, like, it's spiking like crazy because they very quickly realised instead of getting a fucking bomb dropped on them, they were just getting a couple of warning shots to run off and then come back and do it. And in the course of about three months, IEDs and mines went up and up and up and up and up. And the OC said to me, I can't do anything about it. Hands are tied. Someone's going to have to die before they changed on this decision. And then a couple of months later was when David Marsh and Chippy Thornton got killed, rolled the fucking vehicle over anti-tank mines, killed them both. And that was when I... I had my chit in at this point because I'd had enough of it. But that was when I left and I, and I just felt totally vindicated. And then a couple of fucking years later, Al Blackman gets done. I was bitter and twisted at the time. I was really angry about it. When you see lads get killed and you think that happened because of politics. I was bitter. I've got over it in my old age. And now I remember all the good things about the car. But it, they were doing it then. Politics. People used to talk about how Tony Blair, Sherry Blair was representing Afghans as a human rights lawyer and stuff. They cared more about the Afghans than they did us. And I felt that in a tangible way via the story I've just given you, that that really was happening. So maybe that's a re maybe they really do care more about the lives of our enemies than their own. Why? I don't know. Yeah. If you ask me, I'll say they create the enemy in the the first place. And before anyone criticizes me, I I know the Taliban are a bad bunch of bastards or, um, but but um, I can remember what happened back in, was it 2001? The reason that they went to war in Afghanistan. And um, yeah, enough said about that. But Yeah, it's, uh, it's just shocking. It, did, it left a bad taste in my mouth for many years um, yeah. after that last tour. I was like, they don't give a fuck. Like, you know, the Americans just set the piss out of us because our card alpha was so prohibitive. It was like, if they shoot at you, but then they start running away, you can't shoot them. I used to tell you stuff like that with a straight face. Like, if he shoots at you, but then he turns his back, no, you're not allowed. And the Americans were like, ha-ha, fucking badoom. <laughs> Twatting them with 2,000 pounders everywhere they went. It, it is bizarre, bizarre. The British are just, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's, I mean, I do understand the tactical implications because the culture is all about revenge. You know, you kill one kid by accident, probably just created 50 more Taliban fighters. 50 more enemy because they are about revenge but there's definitely a fine line between completely hamstringing you so you can't do your job and burning down a fucking orphanage you know there's a there's yeah. a happy medium there's a happy medium of course but it's it, it's reeks of like vietnam doesn't it where they just wanted the conflict to go on for ages and ages and that's for the sociopaths that are selling all the bombs the bullets the guns controlling the you know the petrochemicals, all this kind of stuff. Um, the, I'm, ju- I'm just trying to say there's so much more that when you're 18 and you've got a bloody machine gun in your hands that you, that, that A, you should understand because you're just doing a job, right? I know, I know. Well, uh, I mean, leading to that as well is that's an explanation as to why so many people don't do the full uh, 22, isn't it? I think like, like you can tell from my personality, I've always been politically engaged since my like mid-20s. When you're 19, young bootneck, you just go, get in. You don't think about the big picture. You just go, they're the bad guys, we're the good guys. Fuck them. 
piss up, fight, party, shag, and do your job. And uh, when you get into your 20s and your 30s, you do, you start to think of the big picture, don't you? And you realise, you know, especially me, scruffy bastard from Middlesbrough, like more, most young soldiers in the UK, part of the military-industrial complex, you join up for financial reasons. I got shit GCSEs from a shit school, and I've got one pair, and what the fuck am I going to do? Mm. So you join up. And um, you do realise then, as you get a bit older and a bit more philosophical, you think, hang on a sec, if I was born in a fucking mud hut in Sierra Leone or a fucking cave in Afghanistan, I'd probably be the enemy. And that's yeah, that realisation you come to as you get older. It's called maturing, you know. Um, yeah, and that's why it's harder to do that job, isn't it, when you're in your... Maybe that's why we have nice short careers, because I know by the time you're 40, you're like, this is fucking daft. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So just before um, before we bring this to a close, Matt, what, what was your sort of closest shave in your combat experience or your most, um, you know, what was the most kind of, oh, shit, this is, this is getting a bit extreme now? Well, I have talked about this in my videos. Um, the, the, the indirect fire is definitely the most terrifying uh, compared to gunfire because... It's a weird thing. I remember the first time I ever went out on the ground to a proper, this is going to get kinetic patrol. It's a bit nervous. And uh, that's the power of veterancy. That's why we'd still twat the French in this day and age, because those useless cunts have never actually done anything for fucking 25 years. Being like, what, Mali or some shit? We've got lads like yourself, like me. We've got, we've got 500,000 veterans ready for action. Grumpy old bastards that if some dirty Frenchman came over with a with their, you know, hairy women, we'd be well happy to scrap the French, you know? <laughs> That's what made Britain Britain, isn't it? The Scottish and the Welsh don't like the English, but the fucking hate the French more. And the fact is, um, I sort of went on a bit of a tangent. I do that a lot. Um, you, you, once you've been um, through a few deployments, you do sort of get used to someone firing at you, but it doesn't actually hit you. So that never scared me that much. Certainly by my last tour where we were doing advanced to contact patrols in Elmond province, it was literally like every day we'd take some incoming. And once it zipped over your head a few times, you've gone, eh, the end of the world. Uh, I was out on patrol. We've had, we had a lot of guys injured there. I mean, on one patrol where we didn't, um, turned out to be a tiny little well dug sort of tiny little tunnel in one of the compounds covered with like a rug. And as we were clearing compounds, the lads didn't, didn't ping it. And then we got on, went through about another 12 and we got engaged from a position we'd already cleared. And then suddenly the fucking popped up like wet gremlins just popped up in every fucking compound. And we're taking incoming from about 11 directions. Got three lads down in one salvo gunfire, rolled down the fucking hill. It was pretty mad. But even that wasn't as scary as the time I was sat having a shite in a fob and I could just hear them go in the distance and then and it's proper coming in close and for that one second where you don't know where it's going to land it's terrifying that's definitely scarier than any gunfight and when they're really close it fucking comes in loud and I always remember I nearly got blew off the shitter I landed about fucking I don't know 90 metres away or something fucking shit myself and um, I went over <laughs> to the uh, ops rooms ran over my body armor and I said I nearly got blew up having a shite there and uh, one of the lads there was uh, one of my DL, uh, one of my corporals in training. And he's mortars, and he goes to me, "Yeah, well, you know, I told you when you're a nod, we kill them, they kill us. It's not fucking rocket science, is it?" I said, "It fucking is rocket science. The firing rockets at us, you mad cunt." 
So yeah, that that was this, and, and I mean that happened dozens of times. I was on the phone to my dad in Iraq once. He was in the sack phone. One landed about fucking eighty fucking feet away or something like really close. And when they're coming in and you can hear them getting launched, that's terrifying. Indirect fire is fucking scary. Mm. Just for that one split second, you think might be a dead man here, and there's fuck all I can do about it. No wonder people get shell shock, isn't it? In the bloody in the First World War, just living in that scary. But let me tell you, this is a good point to finish on because I do have to go. I've got a meeting in half an hour. Um, you do. It's totally right to say that because I swear I'm not trying to be funny or like you know being humorous when I say this. After all that shit I went through, you do have a few bad dreams. Like again, the really loud explosions that are really cloud, close to you. Uh, when I first left the car for about you know three to six months, I had like occasional bad dreams where you wake up like shit yourself because the big explosions in the bands. And you wake up and you realise, oh, it's not real. Thank fuck for that. And you go back to sleep. Never had any PTSD or any issues or anything. But to this fucking day, I swear to God, I still occasionally have a bad dream about my basic training to this fucking day. And that's the point of it. And that's why we have to keep training our soldiers properly and bullying them and being awful cunts. Because just like we talked about earlier, that's what toughens your grey cells and gets you ready for the deployments. Because honestly, about once a month, I have a dream where I'm getting beasted at Limston and I'm 40 and balding and I'm struggling up a 30-foot rope while some cunt calls me an arsehole. It's terrible. And they still wake me up to this day. <laughs> so that's why we need to uh, keep training our boys correctly, isn't it? Because that gets you ready. It certainly is. Matt, on that note, thank you so much, brother. Cheers. So for, for people watching, your channel is The Angry Bootneck. Yep, Google you're that on, and you'll find it. I'm going to put your links below below our uh, podcast. You're obs- you're on Twitter, aren't you, and Facebook? And I hate Twitter, but yeah, I am on there. <laughs> you, you, I see that you get stuck into it, and I, I just think you can't go there because you just get, you, you know, well, I mean, I've got <laughs> seventy thousand people on Twitter or something. I can't argue with all of them, and let, no disrespect. Most of them haven't seen even like a quarter of the world that I have, if 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 that really. And so, I don't even bother. Go, I don't even bother going there. It's but terrible. I Twitter do... is the Twitter is the bollock cancer of the internet. That is just you don't want to go anywhere near it. It's awful. You, you've got that knack of um, <laughs> replying with something that you can't really come back to. <laughs> with the insults, I, I literally just go on there every now and then to argue with people and be a prick. But it's definitely the worst place on the internet. It's more toxic than Facebook or Reddit. Twitter's terrible. I don't recommend that to anyone. That's a fucking uh, swamp. Yeah, it's all toxic, but that's a conversation for next time. To everybody at home, thank you massively for watching another uh, edition of the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Like, subscribe, or don't like and sub- just live your life. <laughs> I agree with that sentiment. Let's speak soon, brother. Thank you so much for coming Cheers, on mate. the show. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you. Thank you.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.